It's the More Than Medicine Podcast with Dr. John. Welcome to episode number four of the More Than Medicine Podcast. Today's episode is on the topic of mindset. Mindset is the third element of the More Than Medicine model for a happy, healthy life. Now, before I go into the podcast, I'd just like to make a quick disclaimer that all the information provided today is here just to entertain and to educate. I'd advise everyone to speak to their doctor before they make any significant changes as everyone's circumstances are unique. Now, before I go a bit further into mindset, I'd like to recap the other elements of the More Than Medicine model. If you remember, it's a nice, easy acronym. It's N-triple-M. So the first N stands for nutrition. And nutrition is not just the knowledge, but also an understanding of the habits and the psychology behind what you eat and drink. An example of that was trying to make it harder for yourself to indulge in junk foods by not having them inside your house. The second element is movement. And movement stands more specifically for regular, consistent types of movement that one can do every day. That in particular is a kind that you will enjoy rather than find tedious or arduous. The third element is mindset. Mindset is about how you see the world and how you approach situations. And I'll go into this in a little bit more detail, obviously, during the episode. And the final letter, motivation. Motivation stands for the driving force behind why you do things. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in the next episode. So to get back to mindset, instead of giving a definition of what I perceive as mindset, I'd like to provide a bit of an example. Let's say that there are two patients that are seeing me for the same issue. Both of them have put on a few extra kilos over Christmas and are feeling a little bit down about it and and like to make some difference right there. So this kind of ties into the first two elements of our model. First of all, with nutrition, I, I might make some suggestions and look at some ways to make some changes in both of these patients' lifestyle. The first patient will look at those changes and say, well, look, that's easy for you to say, but it's, it's all too hard. I, I can't do any of these things. It sounds like I can't do any of the things I like and, you know, I won't be able to enjoy any of the fun things that I enjoy right now. I'm just not going to do it. It's too hard. Whatever. The second patient may look at the same advice and say, well, look, it does look like it's going to involve some changes, but I'm actually looking forward to this because I'd like to feel different to the way I do now. And I would like to do it with my family as well. And I think we're all going to have a lot of benefit from doing this. I may also provide some advice on exercise and movement. And the first patient will then say, well, I don't have time for that. And it's all really hard and it sounds painful, to be honest. I, I, I don't like doing exercise and I'd never have and I don't think I ever will. The second patient may hear the same advice and say, well, that actually sounds pretty reasonable. I'm, I'm going to start with some small steps and 
I really look forward to making some changes to how I feel. And once again, I really look forward to getting my partner involved and even some of the kids. And I think it's going to be a great way to improve the quality of my life. So if we look at these two scenarios, both people were facing the same issue, were provided with the same advice, and have had very different responses to it. Now, let's just say that I spoke to them with a reasonable level of understanding of their circumstances. The main difference then is their mindset. And by that, it's their perspective. It's the way that they perceived the information that was given to them. And why is mindset important? Well, it really drives all of your behavior. And we know that at the end of the day, it's the behaviors that create the kind of life that you have. So more important than that, mindset is a very critical part of having good mental health. And we all know that during COVID this year, there've been a lot of people who've suffered mental health much worse than they have before. The key to being able to deal with challenges like isolation and other things that happen throughout life is to have a healthy mindset towards these things. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, and we're going to go into a little bit more detail on how to do that. But before we do that, we actually need to look a little bit more at the origin of one's mindset. Why was it that patient one had a certain way of looking at things, you could say pessimistic, and patient two had a more optimistic growth mindset? There's two reasons. The first is a little bit of genetics. We have to admit that some people are just born to see the glass half full. You all know those people. Things happen to them and nothing really phases them. And it can be a bit frustrating at times to see that. Part of this is purely their temperament. It was the way that they were born, the way they were hardwired when they were babies and as they've grown up. However, the research demonstrates that the component of this is probably only about 40%, which leaves another 60% as something else. And that comes down to the upbringing that you've had. So when I think about mindset, I also think about something we call internalized messaging or beliefs. So, for example, someone who's suffering from some anxiety or depression will often have quite negative beliefs. Messages like, I'm hopeless, I'm useless, nobody likes me. This is to be compared with someone who has healthier self-esteem and may have messages such as, I can get through this or I'm good at this. The question then is, well, where did these messages come from? They're not inbuilt into you when you're a baby. And you guessed it, it all comes from when most likely you were a child and the messaging around you. So this could be from your parents, it could be from peers, it could be from teachers, it could be from anyone who's spent a significant time around you. When children are young, they are essentially like sponges and they take in these messages 
and basically turn them into internal messages. So a lot of people may be saying, well, that's all good, but I had a really hard childhood and I had a lot of negative messages said to me. Am I doomed? Will I have these messages for the rest of my life? And I'd say to you that that's not true at all. You can change your mindset. You can reprogram yourself. The specifics of this is a little bit beyond today's podcast. And what I would say is if you are struggling with some of these things, whether it's low self-esteem or something more serious like quite severe anxiety or even high levels of depression, I would recommend speaking to your GP and seeing a therapist. A therapist can help you better understand yourself, break down some of these negative messages that were created and rebuild yourself up with some more useful, positive messaging. In fact, I've seen a therapist myself in the past and have found it very helpful with regards to this. It's not a quick fix, it takes time, but it's definitely worth it if you're willing to put in the work. Now, some listeners may not have the capacity to see a psychologist or a therapist, and I understand that. So I'd like to give you a few simple tools to at least make the first steps with regards to changing your mindset. The first thing is that actually, if we look back at the last two episodes, nutrition and movement, both of those have a ability to profoundly change your physical and physiological state. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you start to eat better and you start to do a little bit of physical activity, you'll probably have a bit more energy, you'll probably sleep a bit better, and in your brain, there are actually biochemical changes that are occurring purely based on these two things alone. And we know for a fact that just doing that can actually change a person's mindset without doing any other psychological work whatsoever. So I would start there if you're finding it difficult to get the motivation to do a little bit more soul searching. However, if you want to focus a little bit more on the mindset, I want to work on an exercise today that looks at the self-critical thoughts that we can think about ourselves. These are thoughts that often come up when, whenever we make a mistake or even if we haven't. And the way to help work through these unpleasant thoughts is to actually treat yourself the way that you would a close friend of yours. So if you have a few minutes, I'd like you to take a comfortable seat or you can lay down and just gently rest your hands on your lap and close your eyes. And we're just going to start by focusing on the sensation of our feet against the floor or against the bed. Just letting the weight of our body travel down to our feet. Noticing if one side is heavier than the other. Notice the points of contact 
between the feet and the surface you're on. Once you've done this, I want you to bring your attention up to the hands. The hands touching your thighs or on the bed. Notice the contact between that. See if bringing a little bit of attention increases the intensity of sensation in your hands. Once we've established that, I want you to pay attention to the inside of your elbows. Once you feel them, just gently let them drop. The right side and the left side. This will allow your shoulder blades to gently slide down your spine. As this happens, your chest opens, your collarbones widen. Now I'd like you to bring to mind a self-critical thought that you might have had recently. It doesn't have to be anything particularly powerful could be something that you made a mistake on or a regret about something you said. If you can't think of one, that doesn't really matter either. You can just maintain your tension in your body. And once you've brought to mind this, this thought, this belief, you may notice that there's been a slight change in your body. Quite commonly, the chest will start to tighten or close in. And that's normal, but just notice that that's happening. Now, if you can imagine yourself in a in a room sitting or laying where you are and you're now surrounded by maybe two or three people that you really care about that also really care about you it doesn't have to be a person it could also be an animal try your best to picture them there it's difficult for you to visualize the person, just use their name. Now that you've pictured these people in front of you, I want you to imagine them really being there for you while you're feeling the sensations from this unpleasant self-critical thought. They can be just holding you in a hug or just looking at you with kind eyes. Just really supporting you through this difficult emotion. 
And if your mind wanders, that's okay. Just gently bring your body sensation back to awareness, your feet, your hands, your inner elbows, and bring yourself back into the room. And notice the way they're looking at you, really caring for you. You can even imagine them saying supportive things to you, like, it's all right. You're still a really good person. We still really care about you. Just take some nice, slow, deep breaths as this is happening. And now I want you to actually reverse this situation. I want you to now see those three people that you really care about and see that they also have challenges too and that they're also dealing with some self-critical negative beliefs and thoughts. And I want you to now direct as much of the care and support as you received back towards them. Now remember, if you can visualize them, do that. Otherwise, just use the names. You're in this room, you're all together, and you're giving them your unconditional support. You're looking into their eyes and seeing some of their pain. And you're doing your best to help them the way that they've helped you. Very good. Now just slowly return yourself back to the room that you're in now. Take a nice, slow, deep inhale. And let it all out. And gradually wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, roll your shoulders and open your eyes back to the room. And just take a moment to notice how you feel. Do you feel a bit different to a few minutes ago? Do you feel different to maybe when you were in the state of the negative self-critical belief? This is a very helpful exercise that's based on a traditional Buddhist technique called metta meditation. And I think it's quite helpful to practice regularly. It's sort of like exercise, but for your brain. So I would recommend to any of your listeners who are having some of these troubles with self-critical thoughts to look into practicing this a few days a week. And feel free to write something in the comments to let me know how you find it. 
So thank you once again for joining me on the More Than Medicine podcast. Today's podcast was on the topic of mindset. Next podcast will be on motivation and bye for now. The More Than Medicine podcast with Dr. John.